I can think of so many instances where, you know, a text message from someone, a, a hello to a neighbor and how that, you know, lights you up, but also can, can shift another person's energy just in that moment and prolong a, a ripple effect that just continues. And, and then they might go and, you know, do something for, for someone else that, that continues it. So absolutely it's contagious. You are an energy conduit, just your presence being next to the physical body of someone else. You can feel people's energy in many cases. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Maria Bethel, and it is a beautiful day for a podcast. Um, I am here today with my co-host, Rob Bardenstein, CEO of Kester Problem Wealth Services. Welcome, Rob. Thank you, Maria. Good to be here. Yeah. So I don't know about you, but I am pretty stoked for today's guest. How are you feeling about it? Um, I'm anxiously awaiting jumping in because uh, I'm, I'm stoked too. Okay, great. All right. So without further ado, we don't want to make anybody wait any longer. Please welcome to the show, former InStyle beauty editor turned health coach. Her Eat Pretty book series became an international bestseller. She's also a certified health coach and founder of coaching practice, Beauty is Wellness. Please welcome to the show, Jolene Hart. So Woo! nice to be here. Thank you. We'll pipe in applause. Yeah, exactly. Where's our Where's our applause track? <laughs> the, the audience uh, is limited today in the virtual world, so we're going to pipe in those. Uh, those uh, I feel claps. the warmth and the welcome even, even through the screen. It's okay. the light. We're pushing the light. It is a light. And I asked Rob to clap really, really loud and he missed his cue. <laughs> it, it is what it is. It we was got, all, all in my head. This is very loud. This is what I'm working with. So the title of today's show is if you had access to a superpower, would you use it? So we're clearly packing a lot into one question, but we're also going to unpack a lot of golden life nuggets from Jolene's most recent book, um, Ignite Your Light. So if you're watching online, you can see what this book looks like. And I cannot tell you how obsessed I became with this book. Um, I had a pre-call with Jolene. I explained how much I absolutely love her work. And I told her I was diagnosed ADHD a while back. And it is incredibly difficult for me to read more than 20 minutes at a time without wanting to just drop it and go on to the next thing. And I found myself not being able to put the book down. It was so powerful, so incredible, this content that I just wanted to soak in like a sponge as much as I possibly could. So if that tells you anything about how great this book is and how wonderful this episode is going to be, I hope it does. Um, and to further solidify uh, our belief in this book, if you will, we have purchased 30 additional copies to share with guests. So if you're the listeners out there, home office staff, we're going to share um, some copies with you so that as many people as we can get this book into their hands, we will. So yeah, we're so excited about that, Jolene. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so happy to be here. And just hearing that you connected with it is so meaningful to me. And I think it is especially relevant in these times. You know, I wrote the book in, in the pre-COVID era and it came out the first month of quarantine and it is eerily prescient in some ways. Like I, I go find myself reading passages like, oh, I wrote this before, yeah. before we all experienced yeah. this. But, but the thing is we're experiencing this collective challenge right now. So we're 
we're, we're feeling these ideas in the book, not just personally, but, you know, globally. So we can talk about them on an even bigger scale and kind of understand each other on that level. Yeah, definitely. We're very excited for the show um, today. I want to kick off on a passage that you wrote actually a chapter one of this book. So I want to jump off the show just by reading your words here, and then we're going to let you speak to those words. So Jolene wrote, what if I told you that we share a superpower, one that's free and available to access at any moment of our lives? Your superpower and mine is the ability to shift the energy of your body, mind, spirit, and emotions. And in doing so, consciously direct the way you experience life. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that, Jolene? I I mean, I feel like that's an idea I've always felt, you know, personally about in certain areas of my life, but then it, it took a few different, um, you know, experiences through either health issues and through things that I've endured to, to make that really come to life through, through research and to find that it was grounded in science. So basically, you know, I've always believed that you write your own story and that you moment to moment, those moment to moment choices that you make give form to to your life and create your reality. But now we also know that those moment to moment choices also create pathways in your brain that, that help to create defaults in your thinking and your mindset. They also can lower inflammatory cytokines in your body, inflammatory um, immune secretions. They can increase happiness neurotransmitters. They can slow the aging process in your body. You know, they can really reprogram how your body defaults and and a lot of your default thought patterns. So just by that moment to moment choice of, of what you are going to choose that your energy is around a certain circumstance, around a challenge that you might be experiencing, um, you know, choosing who you surround yourself with, all of that is going to create your energy and very much give form to your life. So I do believe it is a superpower and it's one that a lot of us don't access. Yeah. It's, and it's a fascinating passage from the book that really kind of, I think is the the theme for the entirety of it, which is I'm sure why Maria picked it. And it's funny being a guy, the first half of that sentence, I'm thinking like Green Lantern, you know, or Flash Gordon, or, you know what I mean? Like I'm getting into the superpower thing of the giant green fist and the ring and all that stuff. But um, in all seriousness, I think what you're saying has uh, a lot of truth to it, and we can see it working in our in our own lives. What's interesting to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, is I feel like the reverse is also true, right? I think if if we're in the habit of making positive minute to minute decisions about how we want our energy to flow and in the way that we want to sort of present our energy to the world, if that's positive, we get all the positive things that you just spoke about. But if it's negative, the reverse is true as well, right? I mean, isn't there evidence to, to suggest that as well? So it, it works in both directions. Absolutely. You you are writing your own story. So you, so it is your choice moment to moment. How do you want to, to be and to react in this moment? And nobody can choose that for you. Nobody can activate that superpower but you. So absolutely, you, you can choose to go the other way as well. It's fascinating because I think that and it's and it is what you're saying, but just sort of restating it a little bit. The fact that it's multi-directional, it really should the the truth of that should be immensely freeing to anybody that that understands and gets that message because it's what it's saying to you is that literally, you can choose to have your life go in one direction or you can choose to have your life go in another direction. And you know what's weird is that, like c s. Lewis wrote, some people, 
weirdly enough, actually prefer unhappiness, you know, and and Hey, if, if you want that more power to you, right. You can, you can choose that. But I think the majority of people really want to be happy. And and the fact that you can choose that and, and stake, put, put your flag in the ground, if you will, and say, this is what I choose. And this is how I'm going to pursue that choice is really empowering. I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are. Absolutely. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you're going through because we've all had personal challenges as well as these this collective challenge that we're going through. What matters is how you choose your energy around that circumstance. And that is going to write your story and determine how things play out and how you move forward from this. Yeah. So if our own personal energy and decisions is our own unique superpower, can you define for us in the context of your book, Ignite Your Light, can you define for us exactly what energy is and means? Yeah, I mean, that's also tricky, but but I can, I guess, in the context of this book. I think if you ask a room of people to define energy, you will get a, a wide spectrum of answers. You know, for some people, energy is what powers their refrigerator. And other people, energy is what allows them to do their Peloton workout in the morning. Um, but in this context, energy is is the feeling that your presence conveys. So in the book, I say that your energy is an alchemy of your thoughts and your feelings, your food choices and your movement, people and surroundings that are uniquely yours. So it's kind of this equation that you create day to day, week to week, month to month. And and it's always in flux too, depending on on what you're choosing. But that is your your personal energy. And it's very much conveyed to the people around you. You describe... um energy in a variety of ways. And it's kind of like you said, if you ask a room full of people, you're probably going to get a different answer from just about any anyone. Um, but in the context of your book, your descriptions about energy were very unique to me and they were very and just incredibly powerful. And there were four specifically that stood out to me. So I want to bring those four to the audience, um, if you wouldn't mind, and just discuss those four Um, a little bit more in detail. And the first one um, that I want to bring up is you say that energy is inspiration. And I feel like everybody could use a little inspiration these days. Um, So (laughs) if you could maybe talk just a little bit more about what you mean by energy is inspiration. I feel like this goes right back to what Rob just mentioned about you being able to kind of you know, not only write your story, but choose the direction that you want your path to go. So for me, you know, connecting to your energy and and acknowledging it and recognizing it helps to illuminate maybe what your best course of action is to acknowledge that, hey, being in that situation or that circumstance isn't what lights me up, what you what drives me, what inspires me. So but this one is. So maybe this this is my path instead, knowing and recognizing my own energy. I think um, connecting to your energy can also help to inspire confident action. So yes, I just, I feel a connection to that idea, to this proposal, to that person. This is where I want to, you know, put myself in my resources. And so I that think that can be very inspiring just to know that, again, you have that ability to shift it and to write your story, to make your choices, to inspire what your next step will be in life and, and kind of create your path that way. I think what's interesting about that too is that when I when I think about that concept the way you laid it out, that's the path to flow state. When you hear people talk about being in flow, yeah. and and I, I swear I was probably I don't know it, it definitely was my you know my Catholic upbringing I think, but I I was probably forty years old before I realized that it didn't have to be hard 
to be productive, right? Like I wasn't cheating if I was doing something really well that wasn't hard. It, it, you know what I mean? Like that concept had somehow passed me by. I think the priests were sure to, you know, make, made sure that like I knew it had to be hard, but not blaming it all on the Catholics. But I mean, that, that, that was a kind of a big realization to me at a pretty late stage in my life. And so I think that people who can read your book and gain that kind of understanding that's supported by so much of, I think, what we intuitively know is true. Um, sometimes it just takes somebody like you to point it out to us. You can really, you can really take that concept and run with it and, it, and it should free you up faster, more productively, sooner to allow you to broaden your opportunities for yourself, to broaden your path in life, and really go after the things that you specifically want to do, not what your mo- mom and dad want you to do, not what your brother-in-law thinks you should do, but like what you really want to do. I so agree, but I think it's a lesson we all learn in our own time. So yeah. whether the book sparks that idea, or, but you may have to then learn it again in your life. I feel uh, like I'm a I little slow. Learned, learned it too. And it's still something that I have to remind myself of. But yeah, it is so freeing when you realize that. Yeah. I'm a little slow on the uptake sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we all are. It's okay sometimes. Thanks. So the next... Um, one I want to point out is you said that energy is nourishment. Yes. And this really stood out to me. And there's a particular sentence, an excerpt I want to take from your book, if I may, because I found it so incredibly powerful. Jolene writes, you'll also broaden your views on what nourishment can be, including fulfilling relationships, work connections to the earth, spirituality, sunlight, and a body that moves, breathes, and rests well to maintain its energetic health. It's a new take on what uh, nourishment is, and that goes beyond our calorie consumption. Right. I'm I'm a health coach. So food is the undercurrent of everything that I do. (laughs) So my first book series, all about nutrition, we're talking, you know, vitamin charts and phytochemicals and, 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 you know, getting down to those particulars. But then we take a step back we peel off a layer and we kind of take it to the next level and think about the energy of our food. And so, of course, you're thinking, you know, where is your food grown? How far is it traveled? Uh, you know, under what conditions, how is it prepared? What's your food relationship? Do you enjoy this food? Or are you kind of shaming yourself in your mind? Like I shouldn't have eaten that. Those are all questions around the the nourishment of our from our food, but then you can take it to another level. And, and we call this primary food. So the parts of your life that feed you that are not actually, you know, not actually foods, not produce and meat, um, and these can be mind, body, spirit. So what, what person feeds you, what experience, what spiritual practice, you know, what creative outlet you realize a lot of times. And I, I found this with my clients in many circumstances that you might be, might be eating food to try to fill a space that, you know, is, is something else that's lacking that, that would have been feeding you a relationship, a self-care practice. And so sometimes we, we ask that question of ourselves, what is it that really feeds me? What do I need here to feel nourished? And it's not always food. Yeah. There was a, there was a little bit in the segment that Maria read that, that to me was about connection to the earth. And it took me immediately to this, this place in my memory where I was in the army in the desert, in the hole in the ground that we had dug to sleep in and I had eaten. So that was like a big deal that, you know, we had food. Um, we were a million miles away from everybody, but we got food. We were, I was warm cause I was in my sleeping bag and I was in a hole in the ground. I was looking up at this huge night sky and I felt like almost the most peace I've ever felt in my life in that one weird moment. I can, I'll never forget it, but it, I think 
it connects to this concept that you referenced there about being connected to the earth and and, and not, not being in the earth literally, but being connected to the earth. And I think we get so much from thing. That's the reason that we get so much from things like hiking and camping and surfing and swimming and kind of like being with the earth versus, you know, I spent a lot of time growing up in, in, in Houston, Texas, where you're, you're literally fighting the earth. You know, you've got the air conditioning and, and the humidity and the bugs and all that kind of stuff. But there's, there's really something to be said for that. Again, that sort of flow state of being a human connected to the, you know, the immense beauty of the earth. And, and there's something really deeply almost spiritual about that, that pops up every once in a while in my life. But I felt it in that, in that passage. You're you're so right. I mean, that connection to nature is in itself a spiritual practice for many people. And it, this was so important to me. And I feel that energy so strongly from that connection to nature that I wanted it to be in every chapter of this book. So I, I kind of broke it up and talked about the book is arranged by the times of day. So sunrise, daylight, sunset, and moonlight. And within each, I kind of talk about one aspect of nature that we really connect to at that time of day. Because I think there's, we could write a whole book about the energy of nature and how that affects us and how right. it enables us to yeah. feel grounded and nourished and at peace or, or sp more spiritual. So the, yeah, there's so much there. I agree. Yeah. Sorry, Maria, that was a little bit of a tangent, but I felt like it was important. No, it's, wow. it's Part of nourishment for sure. Yeah. I, you went definitely deep in there because I was just going to disclose that I Chick-fil-A today and I felt a little bad. <laughs> You're shaming so, yourself. Well, then there's that level <laughs> literally a shaming moment. Oh. Glad you took that one. <laughs> no, there's no shaming moment. It's just, that's what's so great about you can look at all the different levels and realize, wow, there's so much I can dive into here if I just take a step back and notice. Yeah, Rob's like I was in a ditch eating <laughs> eating grass, and I'm like Chick Fil A sandwich. Wait, what? <laughs> the so, only question: Did you have the lemonade? That's the question. If you did, then it's over. You know, I had tea. Okay, all right, good. <laughs> so um, I'm sure listeners are uh, more happy that you took that. Uh, so <laughs> uh, the the third one I want to point out is you say that energy is connection, and this may have been one of my absolute favorite sections of the book because our podcast is really geared toward entrepreneurs, small business owners, uh, financial advisors, the type of entrepreneurs that deal with um, clients. And you need a type of connection with not only your clients, but your staff, right? So this particular section really stood out to me. I did come prepared to read um, a couple of sentences out of it. I'm not going to read everything, everyone. By the way, you have to get the book because um, you're going to want all the details, but I'm going to read this for the sake of uh, defining energy as connection. So Jolene writes, there's way more to a body than what meets the eye. When you look at a person, you can't see her emotions. You can't feel the rhythm of her heart or see the air entering or exiting her lungs. Nor can you see the energetic field that surrounds her, but you can often sense it. One of the best measures of your energy comes from the way others respond to your presence. What do others find in you even before a word is spoken? Ask your most honest friends and you'll be amazed at the depth of what you discover. And that's only the beginning of person-to-person -person energetic connections. Whoa. 
So I, I come from I come from the beauty world and the and the beauty industry and magazines, and we're we're so often putting a mirror to ourselves and what are we presenting to the world, you know? But again, this is a this is a new level, and this was really exciting to me to think about what is my energetic beauty? What do I contribute to a relationship, a conversation, um, you know, a, a business connection, a, a customer connection. And yes, yeah, so often holding a mirror to yourself can be done by looking at how people are responding to you and asking yourself the questions, really, what is my energy in this, in this instance? So I think that that's really important. And I think it's a conversation we're ready to have. If we were ready to talk a couple of years ago about how nutrition affected the way we look and the way we age, maybe now we're ready to talk about what our energy is doing for all of those things. Yeah. And look, I think that that, again, I, I, th- there's some really important themes in this book, but to me, the theme that makes this book so important is really what you're talking about right there, that we could talk about self-help, which is sort of a, almost a cliche of a genre in on it of itself, but this is not, this is so much beyond self-help because this is actually I, unless I'm, unless I'm reading everything wrong, but the way I took it was this is about projecting in effect, good and projecting connection into the world for the world's benefit, not necessarily for your personal benefit. So it's, is it self-help? Well, yeah, it's self-help because it's a a bit of a guidebook to managing your emotions and managing your reactions to things. Cause we all know that we we can't control what happens to us. We can only control how we react to them. So there's a lot to be good to be found in, in that portion of the book. But to me, the, when, when I got to that theme, I was like, oh, wow, we're on the next level here because somebody is now writing a book that, again, not, not to get overly spiritual about it because I'm not trying to, but it is almost, it has a spiritual element to it, which is this isn't just about me. This is about us. And, and it's, it's, so it's a guide to helping us all have more of the good versus just myself achieving whatever it is that I'm set on achieving, if that makes sense. It really does. And there's so much, there's such a ripple effect there that it, it will, it will benefit all of us to acknowledge. And right now, look at us, we're connected via screen, but you can, you can still feel the energetic effect in the way that we respond to one another and the way we converse. And and that's going to linger even after this podcast. And that could be the same for, for your listeners. And there's something there that's really important that we need to acknowledge yeah. uh, you know, collectively as we move forward from everything that we're experiencing. Absolutely. Something it made me think about too is if I'm in a conversation with someone, whether it be a coworker, a friend, a family member, a stranger, I mean, the list goes on and on in perpetuity really, but If I'm having a conversation and I'm not getting the response that I want or that I'm looking for, while it may not always be the case, perhaps I need to check my own energy and what I am bringing to the table. How am I presenting my thoughts, my questions, the words coming out of my mouth? Is my energy bright in this moment? Is it not? Um, Those are the things that I I started asking myself after reading the book. And while it's not always your personal issue that you can change or make better, I think it would be good best practice, if you will, to say to yourself, okay, am I good? Let me check my energy here. Make sure I'm in the right space and place because maybe I'm not. And maybe I need to have a few minutes to maybe feel a little bit better and then come back to this situation. 
You know, I, I just want to say one more thing to add on to what you just said. I think that that is so important and it's so underrated because I think as humans, we tend to just human nature, unless you've kind of spent time on this sort of stuff, we tend to be reactive and we tend to be emotionally reactive, right? So when we feel like the world is coming at us, what do we do? We, we put up our defenses or we fight back and we have that fight or flight sort of reaction to thing to things. And, and that, that's that part. And, and I think, yeah, and I know that um, Jolene, you, you mentioned this in, in your book, but it's that lizard brain inside of our brain that thinks it's protecting us, you know, but, but that introspection that you just talked about is really the key to everything. And it's, it's a discipline, honestly, I think if you don't, and I'm talking to myself here, so I believe me, I'm not preaching. I, I think if, if you don't practice that, that discipline of introspection, in other words, like what you just said, almost holding a mirror up to yourself and saying, where am I right now? That you're liable to be reacting in a way that is contrary to your purpose, whatever that might be. And that's a skill. And I think it's a discipline. It's like, it's like a muscle and you've got to, you've actually got to work on that to get to a point where it's habitual versus what we're talking about right now. It's sort of like making yourself stop and think about it, you know? I so agree. I mean, as you were saying that, I'm thinking it's like strengthening your muscle. It's like doing your workout every day. It's something that you have to practice again and again. And we know um, through the, you know, the science of neuroplasticity that you can rewire your brain toward those defaults, right. more introspective. You know, for me as a health coach, this actually came from the, okay, so the concept of bio-individuality, that we're all individual and that my best diet is not maybe your best diet or my neighbor or my sister's best diet. So talking and, you know, that skill of inner listening, of, of noticing how foods affect you was kind of the inspiration for me to, to, you know, to think about how other things are affecting my energy, not just food and to take that to the next level. But absolutely, it is a practice that I encourage my coaching clients to get into the habit of doing it at every meal. And then throughout the day, whenever you find yourself in a place where you don't like your energy or you're, or you're noticing that you're not feeling lit up or inspired or all of the energy states that we're going to talk about in a few minutes, well, you know, well, why? And asking yourself that. Yeah. So I think we can stretch this thought straight into the fourth point I wanted to uh, make sure we got to share with the audience today, which is you say energy is contagious. Yeah. So do you think, and based on the book, my, my guess is yes, but do you think in those situations that the, um, someone else's energy is contagious for me and that my energy is contagious on them, whether it be good, bad? 100%. I bet you can think of a half a dozen examples right now of a cashier you've interacted with someone that, I mean, and I, I guess a lot of these, these chance inter interactions were happening a lot more a year ago, but uh, I can think of so many instances where, you know, a text message from someone, a, a hello to a neighbor and how that, you know, lights you up, but also can, can shift another person's energy just in that moment and prolong a, a ripple effect that just continues. And, and then they might go and you know, do something for, for someone else that, that continues it. So absolutely it's contagious. You are an energy conduit, just your presence being next to the physical body of someone else. You can feel people's energy in many cases. So, you know, on, on many levels, you are for sure, you know, your energy is contagious. I think that's so true. In the military, there's a saying that courage is contagious. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that, that applies to life well outside the military as well. And we see examples of that, 
all the time that don't necessarily involve physical courage. They may just involve, you know, mental courage or, or, you know, courage of a citizen or what have you. But that's to me, that's almost the most binary example is when you see someone demonstrate physical courage, when everybody else might be freezing or unsure or whatever, you see a person, you know, in effect, put themselves at risk in, in order to lead towards a conclusion, you see other people just, Oh, it's like, it's like a, it's like somebody snaps their fingers and we all wake up. Oh, okay. Oh, that's what we're doing. Right. And now we follow because we feel that energy and we're, we're sustained by it. And, and it gets us out of our, you know, our state of kind of incomprehension or, or, you know, freezing sort of freezing up state, I guess. That's one reason why good leadership is so, so valuable. That's so true. So true. I had an interesting thought about that. I, I remember being at Starbucks or somewhere, a coffee shop, and the person in front of me in the drive-thru had paid for my order. And it was one of those pay it forward acts, right? But then I think about, and that's a tangible sense because now I'm drinking my coffee for free. Well, sort of, I did pay for the person behind me because I was paying it forward. Um, but in this you wonder, sense, you wonder who it was that broke the chain. Don't oh, you want to know? Who breaks that chain? Oh, I want to know. I want to know. I don't want to know because it will dim my energy. Um, so, <laughs> Sorry, you're right. Keep going. <laughs> so in a unique way, in an intangible way, I almost feel like we can pay it forward to one another and in our communities and our, our world at large if we are using kind words towards one another, giving compliments, things of that nature. Uh, I think it's paying it forward in in this more intangible way versus I purchased something for the person behind me, which I'm all about that too. Don't get me wrong, but it just, it was a unique perspective while you were talking that I thought about that. Sure. Kindness is free. I mean, as, as trite as that might sound, it could be sewn onto a pillow on your couch, but it's so, it's so true and it's so easy and it's so simple. And it's something that you have, you and I have all been, you know, personally impacted by. And it not only gives to someone else, but it gives back to you. It actually makes that shift with your energy and does all those great physical benefits for you and your immune system and your, your brain pathways and your happiness neurotransmitters. So why not give it to yourself too? Yeah, that's so true. There's definitely a quid pro quo, right? I mean, to back to yourself. And I also always think, you know, small acts of kindness, holding a door for somebody whose hands are full or, or just a, a smile or a kind word, you, you never know everyone has gone through dark times in their, in their life. And you never know when that, that one smile or that one small act of kindness is the difference between someone sort of losing their faith in humanity and maintaining their faith in humanity. And I don't do things like that for that purpose. I'm, I'm trust me, I'm not that big a thinker, but it, it occurs to me when we have conversations like this, that, you know, you, you, we probably, I probably do those things because they make me feel good or, I think it's the right thing to do, but, but the unintended consequences that is things like what you're talking about, which, you know, can make a huge difference in the world. 100%. Well said. So in the conversation we've thrown out a couple of times, I'm guilty as charged, um, the word bright energy, words, bright energy. Um, But in your book, you describe two types of this energy that we can fall into more like categories, dim energy, or bright energy. Can you give us a little definition around what each of those mean? Sure. This was one of the bigger challenges of the book. The, the concept of energy is 
very trendy right now. And I think it's only on its way up um, because it's be- it's become part of our collective consciousness. And it's something that we're all talking about and noticing. And in, in doing that, a lot of us are hearing the words like high vibe and low vibe or mm-hmm. positive and negative energy. And it's not as simple as that. And, and I, I, I struggled with how to be able to talk about all these energy states that we experience every day, the whole spectrum, and not just leave it to like, oh man, you're, you're real high vibe right now, or you're low vibe. Uh, because we can't quantify, you know, what is high? Is it a number? Is it a, so and, until we can figure out exactly what that is, let's just talk about it like it's, like it's a spectrum. And to me, it's kind of like a, a dimmer switch on a light or, or a volume knob. Um, you're, you know, you're going from dim to bright and, and you feel that you feel like, you know, you're tuning between radio stations or you're, you're, you're changing the lighting. And, and to me, that's a lot more honest and real about how we, how we flow through different States during the day. We're not bouncing kind of back and forth, like a ping pong ball. We're kind of brightening here when we do this. And then, Oh, that kind of left us a little bit, you know, a little bit dimmer. And it might be oversimplifying, but I felt like it was a good way to be able to explain how I wanted to talk about our energy kind of shifting throughout the day. Yeah. And you, and you have to guard your energy sometimes too, right? And you have to recharge your energy. Yeah. So yeah, the, the, the metaphor works on so many levels. Yeah. So um, in the book, I share, you know, a couple of, the, of things you might feel, for example, if you're, if you're dim and you're feeling bright that day, but it's not to oversimplify. It's just to kind of give you an idea of like, yeah, I think everyone already knows dim and bright. If they were, if they know how to use those words, they know what yeah. it feels like. Um, but I talk about dim, maybe that's your, you're anxious. Maybe you're feeling stuck, unfocused, um, just apathetic. Maybe you're feeling jealous. You know, those can be dim. It doesn't have to be you're feeling angry or, you know, it can be a, a whole host of different feelings that can be more on the dim spectrum. And then bright can be, you know, I'm feeling inspired today. I'm feeling loving. I'm feeling compassionate, um, very balanced or connected to someone. And all of those energetic states they're not positive or negative, they're information. It's your body giving you information about how you respond to things, to circumstances, to people, to objects. Um, that is all energy is information and it's not bad energy or good energy. It's just tuning between, you know, where you are at that day, at that moment. Yeah, that's fascinating. The, the sort of the absence of judgment on where you find yourself in the, in the energy spectrum is, um, again, I think it goes back to this concept of what is capable of freeing people up or freeing people in general, you know, because I think we all have an inner voice that, that has that, it knows everything about us, right? It knows, it knows all the good and it knows all the bad. It knows our, our best strengths. It knows our worst weaknesses and it's there all the time. It never goes away. And so I think we, can all be our own harshest critics at times, you know, and it's, it's not going to help your case if you're in a dim energy place to be hard on yourself for that. Right. It's just, I think what you said in the book was basically just acknowledge it, right. Take it in as information, decide how you're going to change your state or, or just absorb it, right. Just live with it, let it happen. And then begin to work your way out of it versus judging yourself. Like I'm too negative or, you know, yeah. I'm, sh- I'm schlep rock and the black cloud following me around all the time. You know, just and let it, just I take keep it in. This back to food, but as a health coach, I have seen that for, you know, for over a decade with people thinking that this, this food is bad and this food is good. And I ate that. So I'm bad. 
it's not, it's, it's all fuel. So it's just a matter of what you're fueling your body with that day. You choose in the, like the grade A, you choose in the, it's just Chick-fil-A. Some days it's Chick-fil-A, you know, but it's all information for your body. And so it's, there shouldn't be any judgment there or the, or the pressure to judge. And I guess it stems from, from that desire around the conversation around food to take that to a level around your, your emotions and your energy. Yeah. I think we're all, to a certain extent, we're always all grading ourselves, you know, whether, whether it's, you know, in in more in your field than mine, certainly, but whether it's beauty or the way you look, or it's your, your, you know, how much you lifted in the gym that day or Mm -hmm. what time you got out of bed, how many times you hit the snooze button. I mean, I think we grade each other. We grade ourselves all the time and we grade each other too, which is, which is a different form of judgment. But I love the concept of not judging and just sort of taking it in as, as information and processing it that way and, and moving forward. I think that's going to be much more constructive than, than obviously than judging yourself. I know it has been personally. And so I hope so. Yeah. And, and a great point that you made in your book that also stood out was you don't necessarily have to be in bright energy state hundred percent of the time, because my, that's where my brain went to immediately when I'm reading it. I'm like, Oh wow. How am I supposed to get into bright all the time? Like, <laughs> like my, maybe most of the time I am, but there are moments when I'm like, D- I am in a state of dim energy, whether I'm fatigued or whatever the case may be, that's a state of dim energy. And I started realizing the more I was reading through this, that it was okay to be in a state of dim energy if you're you're needing to rest or you're needing to kind of retract and, and find moments of peace so that you can come back and have your bright energy again. Absolutely. I mean, look at what we've all been experiencing for the past year. It's a massive year of, of, of upheaval, of grieving, of, of shifting and if you're not, if you're just going to push that away and not experience it, there's going to be a time later on when you look back and realize, well, there's a lot I haven't processed. So absolutely. Sometimes it's, it's a year or more years of your life where you're in, you're in that dim energetic state. But again, that's information from your body, something that you're going through and that you're living through. It's that human experience. We wouldn't be humans if we didn't experience that range of emotions. So take it for what it, it is. And yeah, acknowledge my body needs more rest. Now I need to be be more, more careful and more loving to myself right now. A little extra TLC. I'm going through a lot. I'm processing a lot and that can help me, you know, move on when I'm ready to let it go to, to a brighter state. I like how you phrase that. It's the human experience. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's a whole lot into that one phrase, right? So one thing we'd love to get across to the listeners um, and everyone watching on YouTube as well is steps they can take away from today's show and go implement in their lives. And in the book, you lay out three steps towards energetic change. And step one is awareness. Step two is discovery. And step three is expansion. Could you share with the audience those three steps of energetic change and how they can implement those in their lives? I mean, at the risk of oversimplifying, I kind of dialed it back to three steps, but I do think it really can be this easy to take the first step. So the first step is, is awareness. And there's something called the observer effect that has taught me that just the act of stepping back and observing um, helps the change to begin to happen. So if just, just stepping back and noticing is your first step to starting to shift your energy, if that's something that you 
you know, require or that you're interested in. So reflecting on, hey, this is how I feel after that lunch with that particular person. Like, oh, I'm noticing these feelings right now. Or, boy, you know, um, you know, doing this during the day has really put me in this energetic state. Or, boy, that that morning pattern I have of waking up and grabbing my phone and looking at the news first thing that really shifts my energy, derails me, and sets me, you know, sets the tone for the rest of the day. I'm just noticing that right now. And that's the first step to realizing, okay, these are some points in my day or interactions or habits that I have. Maybe I need to to think about shifting. The second one, as you said, is discovery. So just like different foods affect all of us different ways, starting to take some time to think about what is it that really puts you in that energetic state that you want? Is uh, Is it going for a run? Is it hiking in nature? Is it cooking a meal that like gets you so excited because it smells great and you're tasting it along the way? Is it taking a a bath and and giving yourself a facial at night? Is it, you know, connecting with, with your parents or your best friend? Like, what is it that lights you up? And in the book, I suggest that you make a list of, of what I call instant shifts. So the things that can help you shift your energy real quick, if you need to, in the moment could be something like, you know, a particular aroma that, you know, that shifts your energy, that, that boosts the, the, um, you know, your stamina it could be a cup of tea that you love, or it could be just calling this specific person or a mantra that, you know, reminds you of your purpose, make a list of those things and keep, keep a running list on your phone, post it at your desk as a reminder, um, because that will help you with step three, which is kind of which is expansion. It's expanding those experiences in your life. Maybe at first that means you're penciling them in and you're saying, all right, 15 minutes here every afternoon, I'm going to do two or three things that are shifting my energy and just making sure that I'm, I'm you know, checking in that I'm where I want to be. And then you might find that they become easier, more of a habit. As we've mentioned before, strengthening that muscle, it works with meditation. It works with mindset. And it's the same practice here. As you start to notice, you kind of strengthen that practice and it helps you to expand those feelings. And we also know that when you are in those bright energetic states, if you can prolong them for just a few extra seconds, so sink into that feeling of gratitude, sink into, oh, I'm I'm looking at this gorgeous sunset right now. It just feels so blissful that you actually, you change your biology as you do. You light up your, your brain, your neurotransmitters, you are helping to sustain your body as well as your emotions and your spirit. So try to, to stretch out those feelings as you expand them in your life. That's so powerful. And, and it's, again, it's, I think, severely underrated. I don't think because we're all so busy and we get our information it's from a fire hose, whether it's from our phones or from TV screens, or, I mean, we just get bombarded all day long. So we're, we're on receive, even if we don't mean to be, I think we can, I think we lose sight of the fact that you literally can force your brain in the direction that you want it to go. If you work that muscle and your, your, your image that you just used of the sunset is, is a perfect one for that. You know, you, when you manifest an image in your head and you practice focusing on it, your brain does react to it. It's, it's the same principle that makes, um, you know, the, the, uh, virtual game uh, experience so real is that your brain begins to not try to tell the difference between what's actually happening, what you're imagining happening. So there's tons of reasons to, to, to work on this. I did have one question though, with regard to observation. So 
one technique, and I think I picked this up in the military. Again, I hate to keep coming back to that, but obviously it's a formative experience in my life. One of the things that that I was taught that will that reduces nervousness uh, in the in the sort of the everyday example might be you have to give a speech is to basically put yourself in the third person and step back and see yourself giving the speech visualization, right? And see it going well. And I, what I remember about that, the first couple of times I did it was the realization that the minute I sort of hovered above myself mentally and looked at myself doing the thing that I was afraid I wouldn't be good enough to do or didn't know how to do, the minute I stepped back from myself and observed myself doing it, my, my fear just dissipated. It's such a bizarre, I don't know, I don't think that's unique to me. I've never really asked anybody this question before, but what are your thoughts on that as a concept? And like, what, what explains that if you know, and if you don't, I, I shouldn't have asked the question. I absolutely love that. And I've used that too. And I don't, I don't actually know the scientific explanation, but I do know that as you were saying with something, um, you know, talking about virtual reality, but even with just visualization that at, your brain doesn't know the difference between reality right. and, and what you are vividly imagining when you bring in a memory and you have the taste and the smells and what you were feeling at that time, you're in effect tricking your brain. And in doing so, you're tricking your brain toward, toward, you know, for the better, you know, creating those stronger pathways where you default toward joy and resilience and gratitude. So yeah, I mean, I think that it's, it's the same effect there, but that's really interesting. I use that, that technique myself and I'm not quite sure why it's so effective. Um, I find it to be very grounding and maybe it, it just like kind of takes you out of that experience for a moment unless you just step back and, and look at your surroundings and realize, you know, kind of what's going on rather than getting caught up in the dialogue of everything that you're worried about. Yeah, that must be, it must be sort of a removal from that, mm-hmm. that loop in your head that's saying, this isn't going to go well. You better yeah. be, you better yeah. be careful, you know, and you, you just step back from that a little bit. I find for myself, like if I put myself in the the place of being someone in the audience, I think of how much empathy and like, appreciation I feel toward that person who's about to go give a speech. And, and I think, oh, well, maybe those people are feeling that toward me. And and we've all been in those other places. We've been an audience member. We've been a speaker. We've had to do these hard things. We've also been someone who's known someone else who's had to do a hard thing. So maybe we can kind of get ourselves out of that moment and realize we've all shared this experience and this feeling before. Right. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. I love that, 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 uh, that thought. I know that we are running out of time quickly for today's show. But what an incredible experience this is for all of us and the amazing uh, content that you were able to bring to this show today and leave for our listeners. And uh, we're incredibly grateful to have you as a guest on the show and hope that we're able to have you again in the future. And we can hardly wait uh, for the feedback that we'll get from this episode. And we just really grateful for you to be here today. Thank you so much for letting me share this book. This one was really, really personal for me. It did stem from uh, my personal experience with chronic illness and being able to to endure, you know, repeated daily challenges and not lose that light and that spark and that inspiration and not lose the joy in my day-to-day life. And I think it applies to, to so many of the things we experience both personally and collectively. So it's a it's a very much, very much a passion project for me and something that really excites me for everything we're going to learn going forward. I think that we're just going to continue to learn how powerful energy and mindset is in not only our personal life but our work life, our relationships. Thank you for letting me share this. 
Yeah, I think it really, you know, you obviously did not put pen to paper until you were sure what your purpose was here. And I'm actually, I haven't read the other books, but I'm thankful for the other books because I feel like they got you ready to write this one. So um, congratulations. Well done. so true. And those have been, um, those have been, as you mentioned, like international bestsellers translated into so many languages. But in in my life, they were a tiny stepping stone for how powerful this was going to be, how cathartic it was going to be to write this and how much it helped my own healing process to be able to share this and to hear from other people who are then reading it and saying it's doing the same thing for them. So um, there's also a a companion journal that's coming out in June to help you to kind of write your way through a lot of the ideas in this book, which is something, another, another tool that really helps me is just writing my way through experiences and helping me to reflect by putting words on paper. So um, you can look out for that as well if you are moved by the content. Fantastic. Thanks again. Really, really been a great conversation. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much.